Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. Yes, good morning. Welcome on this bright June Saturday morning, whatever day it is. Was it the 8th? <laughs> the 8th, it's yeah. the 8th. Okay, uh, June 8th. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, being that we are allies in this endeavor, um, happy Pride Month. Absolutely. So, um I uh, I got to speak on this a little bit because uh, it's something that's been kind of rattling around in my brain for uh, about 24 hours or so. Oh, boy, this can't be good. No, it's it's not it's not bad, but it's it's some thoughts that I've had. Um, you know, as you guys know, you know we're we're on an LGBTQ network. Uh, we consider ourselves allies, um, and we're very proud of that. Uh, what you may or may not know is that, you know, my my day job, I encounter various people across all walks of life on a daily basis. And at one of my stops yesterday, I was talking with a gentleman and uh, got into talking about, you know, like just random stuff. But Chick-fil-A was brought up and I said, well, you know, I choose not to eat there, you know, I'm you know, just because of their, their outlook on uh, the gay lifestyle and, and everything like that. And I had to really bite my tongue with some of the things that he said, uh, considering himself a born-again Christian and considering that I have to see this guy on a day-by-day, ba- or day week-by-week basis, and he's a customer. So, and that was really a tough thing to do. And I have to say this, as a straight man... And as a straight couple that consider themselves allies, I think those of us that are allies and honestly straight people in general, we need to do better. I I really, truly believe that when it comes to, you know, associating with our LGBTQ, it's hard to say when you say it it fast. Um, but our LGBTQ friends uh, getting word out, um, being a positive uh, influence on others that that you know maybe they are born again, so-called Christians or whatever. Um, just an overall feeling of acceptance and welcomingness, you know, and, and we, we do, again, like I said, allies, but there are those that don't, and they're, you know, they don't understand, or they don't want to understand, or they hide behind religion as a source of their uh, hatred, or what have you, and the thing that galls me about it is, you know, the fact that they do call themselves Christians when they do it, because I'm sorry, if you've actually read, you know, the Gospels, I don't remember in reading across all four Gospels where Jesus ever said anything against uh, being gay. 
You know, uh, maybe I have to go back and reread it again, but I don't remember seeing that. And, you know, they like to cherry pick this stuff and it's they it gets cherry picked as a justification. And it really galls me because the fact is, and I'll, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll be done. You know, the one thing, one of the key things that Jesus said was love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? You got a white neighbor, you got a black neighbor, you got a Asian neighbor, you got an indigenous neighbor, you got a male neighbor, you got a female neighbor, you got a straight neighbor, you got a gay neighbor. Everybody is your neighbor. And a neighbor with mental illness. And a neighbor with mental illness. Yes. You know, there there is an acceptance and a love that he taught. And I concentrate in, in, in my faith, I concentrate more on that than anything else you know is have, trying to have an acceptance for people and that's an important thing that's that's a really important thing um so yeah i i think as straight people you know we need to do better that's all i'm gonna say just we we need to do better you know there there a lot of the fighting that you see over over uh, gay rights, like on Capitol Hill and stuff, it shouldn't even be an issue. Okay, that's it. That's all. I'm done. Thank you for <laughs> listening to me. And now I'm going to get off my soapbox and uh, bring bring on my my goofy goofball self that I normally am. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, the other news that we'd like to talk about is uh, we're excited because. Uh, I was sought out and invited to a conference in Laguna Beach, California, near the end of the month, uh, by a company called Kindred, which um, I don't think they're that well-known yet. I think they're more on the new side, and um, I'm going to talk to them about, about their social media because the, it really needs work. Okay. You know, it's it's hard to find them on social media, and, and they'd be able to promote this conference more if they had, you know, some someone adequate working behind the scenes. But um, we're excited about it. There's a it's a full schedule for three days. Um, it's all expense paid for. Uh, they are kind enough to to say that they would pay for Joe uh, as long as he participated in the different activities. So um, it's exciting for us because we haven't flown anywhere since 2005. And I haven't been to California since 2000. So you're going you know, back to Cali. 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 Going back to Cali. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, we're old and <laughs> we just terrible. dated ourselves. Yeah, okay. we did. Oh my god. <laughs> you can't go wrong with LL Cool J. No. So All right. anyway, that's our exciting news that we've got going on. So um wish me luck. Uh the agoraphobia agoraphobia and social anxiety has already started to kick in about the whole thing and so it's gonna take some some work to get past all that, but um Yeah. We can do it. You can do it. I'll be right there with you. So for today, uh, we are talking to a guest that, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that well. He's, he's a new acquaintance. Yep. Uh, and I I recall seeing him quite a bit on 
on Twitter, and I think that's when I reached out and asked if he wanted to be on the show. Uh, he's got a lot of really great things going on that I'm excited to talk about, um, especially with uh, we don't get a lot of people talking about the area of schizophrenia, so um, I'm excited to talk with him about that. And so please welcome to our show, Jermaine Tolbert. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Jermaine. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us. And, you know, it's it's really, really exciting for us to be talking with you for, for no other reason than you used to live here. <laughs> so right, that's, yeah, born that's, and raised in Detroit, Michigan, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's exciting. Uh, well, for me anyway, uh, you know, probably for Beck too, because, you know, you're the first person I think that we've talked to that is from around here. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know you don't live here now, but uh, for for those in the rest of the country that won't understand this, I, I'll, I'll say it again. I said this when we were off the air, but what up, dope? <laughs> what up, dope? That's what we <laughs> that's what we say in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so thanks for being with us, man. Thanks for taking the taking the time to talk with us today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be here. Sweet. Well, if you don't have any questions for us, we're just going to jump right in. Okay. All right. So uh, the question that we most often start with, with all of our guests, is uh, when does your mental health journey begin? It began in 2010. Uh, That's when I was originally uh, admitted into a mental institution and was diagnosed then with both schizophrenia and depression. Okay. Um, how how was that? I mean, as far as when you were were brought into the institution, I mean, was it was it a good experience? Was it a not so good experience? Uh, tell our tell our listeners. Okay. To say the least, very very interesting. Uh, absolutely, completely out of what I would deem my normal. Um, you know, just kind of brought into that atmosphere and that environment. Uh, something that I would I never would have thought you know, would happen. Uh, to me, obviously, we hear so many different stories. It's like any case where you, you have something kind of strange or something peculiar happens to somebody. It's like, wow, how does that happen? Blah, blah, blah. You have all these thoughts on it, but until you you actually, you know, you never see yourself in that position. You never see yourself in those shoes where it's, it's actually you. And so it was one of those situations like, am I really here in the, in the mental hospital? Like, like I was mm-hmm. there 10 days. Um like like that was 2010. I was there 10 days. I, I just remember every day just getting up like, like no, like this is real. <laughs> like like this is, this is really happening right now. Uh, and you know they have like little different programs or whatnot, um, in various rooms for obviously it's a slew of patients. It's just a whole lot of people. And so you know you have like different rooms, different activities going on for, you know, the promotion of adroitness, uh, mental adroitness for all the patients. It's like different, it's just, it was just like, wow, I'm, I'm really here. And then like seeing, you know, you're just asking, you know, what was that, 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 what was it like, you know, seeing the other patients around me and seeing their conditions and seeing, you know, them, it was just like, okay, it, it gave me a little hope as it relates to, all right, it's not as bad as you think. I'm talking about self-wise, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but it was just still like, okay, dude, you're here, and you're here for a reason. So it was almost trying not to be there mentally, but at the same time knowing you, you kind of have to be here to actually experience what this is, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you, was it uh, voluntary or involuntary, you being there? Uh, I mean, I, I, w- I would say neither. I mean, I, I guess if it was my choice, I wouldn't have been there, uh, but I, I voluntarily, you know, went to the hospital. Actually, uh, a sibling, a couple of siblings of mine, they actually drove me to the hospital. And, I, you know, so I would call it voluntarily, sure. Okay. So you you recognized that you that you needed some help and said, hey, you know, can you guys, you know, help and take me in and and all this? No, it it, it didn't go down like that actually. Um, oh no. Uh, actually, what what happened on the, on the actual night of admission, um, I was actually away from my siblings. I was actually hanging out with a friend of mine. And I uh, had a very, very peculiar situation with her uh, as it relates to, like, we were at uh, a, a Target store uh, actually picking up her cousin from work, and her cousin hadn't yet gotten off. And so we are just kind of, you know, walking around the store, and my friend asked me to, to bring down a, uh, a a microwave that was up on top of the shelf or whatever, like a couple of few shelves up, and she wanted me to bring it down and put it in a basket. And I remember actually lifting up to, to get the to get the microwave and to put it in a basket. And at, in that moment, I literally felt something like jump onto me, um, you know, and then into me, like almost mm. like a, a spirit, if you will, like jump onto me and then into me. And at that moment, everything just went totally slow motion, almost like literal time slowed down. And it was just like, okay, I felt very, very light, felt really, really, really light like a feather. And I didn't really want, you know, my, my friend to, to know anything was going on. She she may, she probably didn't even know anything was happening, but something was happening. And I was just like, okay, what is this? And then I remember us, you know, mm-hmm. finally leaving the store, and we went to go over to a gas station to get gas. And I was the only gentleman there, so I got out to pump the gas. And, you know, I'm, I get out of the car, and I'm hearing commotion and noise, you know, just from my environment, just from people walking and talking and whatever. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why are these people talking to me? Like, why are they trying to communicate? I, I, what I was hearing from my outside experience in my brain, you know, I was actually, you know, receiving it as, okay, these people are trying to communicate with me. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what words were said. It could have been anything, and they could have been talking to somebody else, and I'm sure they were. My brain was registering as, okay, they're trying to bring fear on me. They're trying to you know, they're using those words for me. It could be anything like, uh, oh, I'm hungry. My brain would take that as, okay, they're actually not even talking to me, first of all, but my brain would take it as, okay, you're saying something derogatory towards me, and you mean that in a, in an evil way. And it was, like, just really making me real fearful and frantic, and I'm just like, why? Why is this? It was just weird. And then, actually, uh, on that night, um, we get back to my friend's house, and my brother calls me out of nowhere. This man, man, this particular brother, we don't really talk often. And, uh, and he just called me, and the very first thing he said was, hey, you okay? And it, it wasn't hmm. even like a conversation starter. You know, like, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, hey, is everything okay? And I said, I like, don't know. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Like he had a, like he had a funny feeling about it. And just yeah, almost, 
Yeah, almost like almost like Siamese twins or something. Like, cause he we, we hmm. like I said we don't talk at all, and he just and he called with a concern in his in his tone, like, "Hey, is everything okay?" And I actually said, hmm. "I don't know." And uh, he said, "Do you want me to come get you?" Like that was the whole conversation. And like I said, we, this is probably months I hadn't talked to him. That was the whole conversation. Hey, you want me to come get you? I said, "Yeah." And so he and my sister showed up, and that's when they actually took me to the hospital. Um, it was not directly. I actually, they were. My sister was driving, and my brother was in the front seat, and I was in the back seat. And so my sister's like, "Yeah, so where do you want to go? You want to go to Dad's house?" And I'm like, "Uh, nah, I don't really want to go to his house. Uh, do you want to go to Mom's house?" I'm like, "No, nah, not really." So where do you want to go? Uh, I literally start to cry right there. Um, hmm. I knew, I knew in that instance that okay, you guys could never understand or comprehend anything that I'm going through right now. Um, and so it just brought me to tears because I, I didn't feel like I could explain to them anything of why I didn't want to go to my parents' house or what was actually happening with me. So I just began to cry. And my sister who was driving, she actually is a nurse, and I guess she, you know, saw signs or whatever, and she took it upon herself to go into the, to the hospital. Actually, uh, you guys will be familiar with the Providence Hospital there right off of Greenfield and Nine Mile area. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we, we know that one. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, so they took you right over to there. Yeah, and it was so crazy because like I was crying so profusely, I didn't even realize we had stopped there. Uh, it just so happens, you know, I look up and we were there, and you know, I'm just like, okay, wow. And then I remember hearing my sister say, "Hey, Nate, don't run." Nate is a nickname that I have from my family. Uh, so my middle mm. name is Nathan, um, and she said, "Hey, Nate, don't run." And at that moment, it was crazy because I actually felt relief at that moment of hearing, <clears throat> at the moment of hearing say, don't run. I felt that all this is an orchestration. You know, you know, you talked about, you know, the scriptures earlier. I, I'm a believer mm-hmm. in God. And so I actually felt that when she said, hey, Nate, don't run. I felt, you know, the inclination that okay, there's an orchestration happening for me to get assistance because obviously I already know, like, that's what that's the reason I was crying, because I know you two can't help me. You don't, you probably couldn't even understand it. So I actually right. felt that there was an orchestration happening, a divine or- orchestration for me to get help. And so that was involuntarily, you know, just walking in with them. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's good that, that you went along with them and, and listened to, to what they said and that you felt that, um, you know, because so, sometimes – you know, you go through something like that, and the first inclination is to uh, fight it and fight back and resist against everybody that's that's ultimately trying to help you. So the fact that you went along, I mean, good good on you, man. That's 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 yeah. awesome. Yeah, especially being someone who hadn't experienced these issues before. You know, being self-aware enough to realize that whoa, this is this is the best thing for me right now is is definitely commendable. A lot of people who have dealt with these type of issues for many years won't even admit themselves into a hospital. And uh, I I understand both sides of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Beck kind of went through some stuff in, uh, is it 2013 now? 2013. Yeah, 2013. Um, and she, she had a hospitalization that... Uh, didn't didn't exactly go all that great. So, but okay. we're we're not going to talk about that right now. No, uh, okay. Um, did you feel supported by your family and friends once you were diagnosed? 
you know what? Um, that, that's a that's a good question because I would I think my first you know because I started to say it and I, I had to catch myself and I had to think. Um, I think off a first rip, I would probably say no, um, and that would probably only come from. And this may be deep thinking, but it's just probably the truth of thinking and actually thinking before mm-hmm. speaking. Um, that, that 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 quick notion to say no would probably come from all of my um, experience with my family as it relating me, and never even before that had felt you know much of support. Um, but in, in actuality, um, I think that my dad was a great support. My dad actually allowed me to come and stay with him um, after I had gotten out after those 10 days. Um, uh, and, and actually, quite frankly, I, I tried to stay away from everyone. <clears throat> I, you know, it wasn't even, it, I, I don't even know if I actually stepped into, a, you know, that place of saying, you know, or stepped into the place to be able to be supported. I ran from everyone, you know, once I got to my dad's house, I was like, cool, like, this is the most quiet place that I could ever be in, and I, I just stayed away from everyone, and, like, it's, what's so crazy about all this is I was in the thick of signing a recording contract with, you know, Pharrell Williams at the time, and oh, wow. so all this was just really, really, really just all over, like, this was a whole lot of weight on me, and it was just like, okay, I just need to stay away from everybody, and I literally got rid of my phone for, like, a five, six-year period. Uh, and I just tried to stay away from everyone. And so my dad was really the only person who I kind of saw and talked to on a day-to-day basis. Um, and even then, we didn't really talk much. I actually kind of stayed away from him and not even because, you know, it's just really because I just needed to get to a place where I can make sense of what was going on. I really didn't care for the perceptions around me because it's, it's easy to fall in line with other people's perceptions. And when they treat you a certain way, you fall in line with it. You become debilitated and, you know, mm-hmm. enabled to, to, to be less of yourself if somebody thinks that of you in that capacity. It's like somebody calling, you know, someone ADHD or somebody calling anybody anything and labeling them. Even if they don't want that to be their existence or to be their, you know, life, they fall in line with it because everyone treats them in such a way and they, they you actually cause someone to limit themselves. And so I, I, I got away from everybody because you can't put the limits on me. I can only put them on me, and I don't see what you guys see in me. I see greater, and so I just try mm-hmm. to stay away to myself, and that was really, you know, how it kind of just built myself up, really, that and then, you know, stepping into some, you know, knowledge seeking, really. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's hard self-isolating at times, but, you know, sometimes it's what you almost have to do to protect yourself. Uh, we've talked in the past about you know, having, uh, you know, self-care is a, is a big, important thing. And, you know, with, with a lot of these mental illnesses, you know, you can convince yourself of stuff and, and have negative thoughts about yourself and wear yourself down, but nobody ever considers having that as an outside influence on you, you know, from others and, you know, cutting yourself away from that for your own protection. Um, sometimes that's, uh, that's, you know, a necessary, I guess a necessary evil, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it yeah. sucks having to isolate, but, you know, if you know that you need to isolate to 
you know, wrap your head around... To have boundaries. Yeah, you know, yeah. having boundaries and, and being able to wrap your head around what's going on with you. You know, others aren't going to understand if you don't understand it first. Because if you understand it, then you can explain to them, all right, this is what's going on with me and this is why. And that's yeah, how... Right. That's how them getting educated happens. But if you don't have the opportunity to wrap your head around it yourself, then... And they'll educate you, know, you in some, something falsely. I'm going to tell you you're this, and I'm going to make you feel like this because I'm treating you this way. So in actuality, exactly. I'm informing you. And it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible. How can you inform me of something that you have no idea that you've never experienced? It is literally, you know, foolishness. Exactly, exactly. Um, at this point, and this is a great conversation that we're having, Jermaine, um, but it's, it's time for us to take our first break. So we're going to do that. Um, so stick around. And if you're listening to us, number one, thank you. But number two, stick around. Uh, we'll be talking uh, with Jermaine more after uh, we listen to Lonely Dream by Brandon Car- Carmody. 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 Yay.
Hey, welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. If you heard a meow in the background, that's Haley. <laughs> and uh, she apparently wants to get involved in the situation here. And we are currently on the line with Mr. Jermaine Tolbert. Hello, sir. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for those who listen to us all the time and know about this, uh, really quick, I have a, a quick news flash. Um, our great niece is downstairs watching uh, her show, and for those of you that are concerned, the wheels on the bus are currently going round and round. That is all. And I'd like to blow those wheels up. <laughs> <laughs> Never have to hear that crap again. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I'd share that. So I, I walked out of the room briefly and heard that. I'm like, okay, the wheels are going round and round. Now we know. Children's TV nowadays is terrifying. I don't, I don't know how we we got through our childhood, but I mean, I, I know it was different when we were kids, but I don't know. And, well, we we grew up on you know Bugs Bunny and the Muppets and yeah, we had just watch animals shoot each other and laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> and not have to worry about doing it to ourselves. Yeah. That was the that was the big we difference. weren't friggin' idiots <laughs> that ate laundry detergent. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We're we're showing our age, Jermaine. Yeah, you have yeah, to understand. Really. We're we're old. We're so, older than dirt. Yeah. I grew up so on Bugs Bunny. There you go. But was it the old stuff or was it the newer stuff? That's the, that's yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, you know, we grew up on, you know. Anyway, um, so now shoot it now. <laughs> All right, don't don't take me down that rabbit hole. Okay, dear. All right. So, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions towards schizophrenia? That's a good question. Uh. I think mental illness in, in general, um, you know, not to just dissect schizophrenia, uh, I just think the misconception is that something is wrong <laughs> with, 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 with with someone or uh, I, well, I, I believe that the hugest misconception is this whole chemical imbalance situation. The, the word literally doesn't even exist. Uh, it was actually uh, it was a, a, a PR claim. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the drug Prozac, something that came back, you know, came out a, a long time ago. Um, and so at the time when Prozac w- was made, uh, first of all, it hadn't even yet been, uh, uh, what do you call it, approved by the FDA uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then they went out and they got the PR agents to go out and they started saying that, hey, we'll tell the people they have chemical imbalances and they need Prozac. So the word chemical imbalance was never a term given from anybody, you know, of, of substantial, you know, uh, uh, weight. You know, it, it was it was it was given by a company who who has a product, and in order to sell the product, they said, "This is you have a chemical imbalance. You need this." And, and so, and I think that's the hugest misconception from from the masses is that. We think that people have chemical imbalances or we think that, you know, people, you know, we just look at them and we just, okay, you have schizophrenia, you have this, you did bipolar, you have this, and they just like, okay, stay away from them. You know, 
or, you know, watch out for them or, you know, just like be a little apprehensive when approaching or talking to them because they don't have it all together. Uh, so I think that's probably the hugest misconception. Yeah, I mean, having having these illnesses, you know, um, it doesn't define you as a person. And that's one thing that we've always tried to reinforce with people. That's that's my defining thing with when I married Beck was that, uh, you know, it doesn't define who she is as a person. It's something that she lives with and has to, you know, take care of herself on, on daily, you know, to live with it. And, you know, that's, that's I think, a, a huge misconception uh, for people that don't understand it is, you know, it, it's no different than having, like I mentioned, my diabetes uh, on the break. And it's like, yeah, I, I have diabetes, but it doesn't define who I am as a person. It's just something, it's an illness that I have to live with and, you know, take care of properly, you know, and sometimes it's it's treating with medicine sometimes it's treating with diet exercise what have you you know it's no you know having a mental illness is no different than that you know it's you know if your heart can can get sick and have an issue or your liver or your kidneys why not your brain you know yeah Actually, actually, I, I, I kind of, you know, I have my own thoughts on, you know, mental illness as a whole as it relates mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm aware that, you know, some people, you know, may not be able to function in what we would quote-unquote say as, you know, normality or, you know, I know there are, there are certain cases, you know, you know where, where people are really, really apprehended by something and it keeps them from, you know, functioning totally and fully. I, I do mm-hmm. believe that, but I think, I, I, I think a great majority, and this is coming from, you know, doctors themselves, I think that a great majority of people have just been fed lies. I really do believe it, man. Um, based on a situation, or based on an incongruence, you know, in their thinking, that could really, really be, you know, eradicated with the proper information. Um, it's just, just a tweaking, you know, a, a bit, not even of a medication at all. I think all of that, a, a, a lot of that is complete foolishness and a waste of dollars, and you're actually wasting away humans' health and ultimately their lives. And like I said, this is coming from doctors who actually are against, you know, all of these medications and against all of these things uh, that, that we just think is, you know, actually proper, but it's not, though. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a lot of it is, you know, people who don't have a clue as to what's happening and so they come up with a really quick solution like like we're, we are this real microwave society that's just what we are it just really is well hey let's just give them this you know and then we we just jump on board and say hello okay if they said it then i got to take it taken and i need it and it's it's I, I i just i'm totally against it all because i i, I know for myself uh and based on you know all the studying i've done from doctors themselves I just don't believe that, you know, the majority of us, you know, really, really, you know, have these, you know, issues more so than issues of misinformation. Um, let, let's just say, you know, 
let's say I was ignorant of, of, of a location that I wanted to go to. And based on that ignorance, I kept going into the wrong, I kept going into, you know, the wrong direction and ending up at, at the wrong location. Now, based on the false, you know, information or the wrong information, my ignorance is causing me to keep going to this location. And let's just say the entire society knew the real location. And so to see me showing up at this location that that is really not the right one that I'm trying to go to every single day, every single day, everybody else would be looking like, okay, something wrong with you, right? Or, you know, something wrong. So here, take this medicine because you don't know, you don't really have the proper information. So take this because you ain't, something's wrong with your brain. And because I don't have the right information and I am walking in ignorance, I don't know better. So, dang, if I can't show up to the right location like everybody else, something must be wrong with me. So, okay, I accept that. I accept that you said that something's wrong with me. Now I'm going to accept your, you know, idea of what is going to help me, and I'll take this medicine, and I'll continue to take it because I, I, I still don't know where the real location is, and nobody's told me where it's really at. They just saw that I wasn't there and just gave me something to say that something's wrong with you. And because I still don't have the right information on the real location, I just take that medicine and just chalk it up to something's wrong with me. When all that takes is just a tweaking of information, and I now know where the real location is, and I can show up where the location is. And I think that that's on, it's, it's very broad. I, I just think that the majority of us sit in that seat of, of, of ignorances rather than something's wrong. It's hmm. an interesting concept. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've not heard that point of view before. Yeah. So we're going to change things up a little bit, and we're going to talk about your book. So tell us about your book, which is called Remind Me to Think, The Genius Behind Crazy. It's a great yeah, title. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so after, you know, pretty much like a six-year six period of, of really just getting myself out of that hole, uh, out of that despair, uh, out of those ignorances, uh, ignorances, uh, and it, so, so, so this is really how it happened, right? So, uh, this this was long after I had come out of the hospital, and in actuality, actually, I actually admitted myself into another hospital in 2012, based on you know just that same scenario that I just talked about, based on my ignorances. I actually I wanted to go back uh, to to really uh, because because I still had incongruences in my own thinking, and I wanted to go back to just to. Check on it. Really, it was. Now, this wasn't my own decision. This was in 2012, um, and so now, you know, 2014, I'm living in Atlanta. Uh, just so happens that uh, a guy uh, on the internet he comes on. He, he talk, I've always been really, really ambitious. Always, uh, he talks about mm-hmm. you know really millionaires and why rich people are rich and why the wealthy are wealthy. And he said just this really blanket statement that, you know, it, it's only because of knowledge. It's really one thing. It's, it's knowledge. And I really didn't understand what he was talking about. And then he made a scenario. He said, take, for instance, Mark Zuckerberg. Here's a person who has created Facebook. Or, or you know, obviously he knows something that we, the rest of us don't. That was, that's how he was able to make that. If any of us knew how to make it, we would have but we didn't because we didn't what know what he knew. That means that knowledge is literally the basis for wealth. I said, mm-hmm. well, um, and he said, if, if you would just indulge yourself in knowledge on a consistent basis, you'll see how your whole life will change. 
And I just did it as an experiment, really. Uh, and so I did it. I began to, you know, really, really engulf myself in knowledge and just start taking in massive amounts of information, all information that I had never, you know, thought about before, business marketing, all types of things. And before I knew it, it was my ambitions were only for money-wise. That's why I started it. And then it, all of a sudden, I, I, I literally began to, I remember in real time, feeling, like physically feeling, and, and just knowing that my brain was shifting. Like, okay, wait a minute, my whole lens is beginning to, it's beginning to alter. I'm, I'm now, like, you know, talk about that scenario, the, the mislocation. Okay, wait a minute, now my brain is actually locating what it couldn't once before. And I said, whoa, this thing is way powerful than I ever thought. Like, you know, that knowledge is power. We hear that, we've taught that as kids, blah, blah, blah. It's just such an easy cliche to say, but it's never been a, a, a matter of life and death for most of us. Like, I was on the brink of committing suicide because of those ignorances. And mm -hmm. I just I said, oh, my gosh. And so years upon years, you know, of just really, really just grabbing information, taking in and consuming as much as I could, and basically, I knew for a fact that, okay, wait a minute, ain't, I'm, ain't nothing about me schizophrenic, ain't nothing about me depressed. I had, I, had, I had a lack of information. And so I decided at that moment, like, okay, wait a minute, there's so many people I can help. I've been through what they call these mental illnesses. I've, I've walked in their shoes, and a lot of them are stuck there. And all of them think that they are this, and they will be this for the rest of their lives, and I'm sure some people can come out of this a lot. So I just decided we're going to write a book. And my, the whole purpose is to, to help those who are suffering with mental illness. And because of my uh, uh, eclectic background, I was able to add in a whole lot of my entrepreneurial, you know, endeavors, uh, my, my music background, um, a whole lot of things, not only, you know, going towards those who deal with mental illness, but it, it really it hits a broad spectrum of, of people, you know, millennials, uh, musicians, artists, entrepreneurs, uh, entrepre entrepreneurs uh, obviously those with mental health disparities. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a large facet of people that my book is actually going after to say, yo, you can literally step out of the reality that you see for the one that you wish to come into fruition if you, if, if you would just gain the proper information to see the location that, hmm. that you're missing. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Definitely. That's powerful. And and you're right, you know, knowledge, knowledge is power. And it is a, a cliche that gets used on a daily basis. But it really is true. You know, um having having knowledge and you know these different things, I mean it's just it's 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 I can't figure out what the hell I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what where you're coming from with it though uh, and you know it's it's a valid point you know having you know like, like you get sick with something for example you want to learn about it you want to know so you know how to overcome it or how best to live with it you know just for an example so so what what would your your conversation be like if, if you were discussing depression with with someone and they were of the mindset of that it's a chemical imbalance and they need this medication to basically exist what would be your point of view for that 
that's great because I was diagnosed with the, the depression and I had to overcome it. I had to I had to see my myth, my mistruths, my misinformation, my ignorance, and what 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 I what made me think that I was depressed, and that's how I actually overcame it. So to, to, for anybody who's depressed, you know, we would have to go into why they're depressed, what what they feel when they you know feel this so-called depression, and I think that, that's the root. And then it's it's really adjusting their 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 lens. And helping them to see different. Okay, I'll, I'll give you my example for myself, and this may not work for everyone else. Uh, so that would, you know, to answer your question, I'm sure it would probably be, be a personal situation, person to person basis. You know, this this is how, mm-hmm. how 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 it made sense for me, right? So there's a book called The Selfish Gene. The Selfish Gene goes into how, uh, you know, we are who we are, and the, the person who we are is because. Out of all the millions and trillions of sperm that could have, you know, been conceived, yours fought through and yours made it, right? Um, and so that's why you are here today. If, if you weren't supposed to be here, because a lot of depression, uh, let's, let's say my own depression, I can, I can probably guess that it, it happens and, and most people who deal with it, you're talking about, you know, feeling a lack of importance, a lack of significance, you know, I'm not worthy or, you know, this, that, and the other. And so for, for me, this was just one piece that actually, you know, helped me overtop it and just like, okay, depression is no longer, it's, it's not a part of my vocabulary anymore. So, so it was just like, okay, wait a minute. My sperm beat everyone, all of the other ones, which, which is why I'm here. That's my significance right there. That's my importance right there. I fought for myself to be here. So it was. Um, I was. I was. I was significant in day one, from the first time I was actually hit. You know, hit conception. That was my. You know. So it's, it's really not about listening to others, or taking on the feelings that you know. You know, based on the people's behaviors against you, because you know a lot of us fall. Like I said, you know, if, if everybody's treating us a certain way, let's just say we wasn't a popular kid, or you know, we didn't dress the best, we didn't talk the best, we didn't look the best, we didn't whatever. And so people treat you a certain way, and we think that that's the mirror of life, right? We think that based on how others treat us, that's how we fall into that depression or fall into a haughty, you know, spirit or, or you know, personality where, you know, I'm arrogant because I did look the best and I did dress the best. And so I would call that a form of depression, if you will. Um, so, so it's just like really like, you know, my significance isn't based off of, what I'm feeling based on people's behaviors towards me or even what I'm feeling based on what, for myself or why I'm feeling it. I'm here, and that was my significance. So it was really just like a tweaking of that information base, like, what? I'm significant. I can say it and le- legitimize it because I'm here. That was for me. You know what I mean? Like I said, everybody else could be person to person, but it's going it's gonna to come down to, to probably that, you know, because that's why we feel that way, because we, we feel a lack of importance. We feel a lack of why we're even here and I'm not even supposed to be here and all this crazy stuff. But if, if we can have a, a transformation in our information, I think that's going to be the, 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 the key. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Definitely giving me a lot to think about here. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit. Um, we're running low on time, but let's talk a little bit about your nonprofit. Um, what are your goals for that? Yeah, Third Dimension Dreams Laboratory, uh, it, it literally is built around, I would say, all of this, really. Um, we're here to, to educate, uh, to inform, to, to bring about, uh, you know, basically building leaders, you know, 
as you know, building leaders to build on the leaders. How, how we change and, and how we how we get things done on this planet is through through leadership. It's through proper leadership. It's properly educating, you know, those leaders. And so that's what that, that the, my whole mission with that nonprofit is. It's, it's just just to you know bring on uh, you know uh, people a group of people together and and just really really getting them prepared for leadership uh, in all aspects, whether it be music, whether it be art, whether it be mental health, whether it be whatever it may be, just getting people prepared to lead and, and to begin change in whatever area, you know, that, that they feel best suited for. Uh, and so that's what that's for. That sounds great. Yeah, that's, you know, it's inspiring. Sure. You know. So um, we would also uh, love to want to get, there's certain things that I want to get in before we get down to the wire. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about your TED Talk and the one that you have coming up. What um, what do you bring to that? Yeah, uh, I was able to do a TED Talk uh, this past October uh, over at Houston Baptist University. And basically the whole talk was, was really about this mental health situation um, and knowing, helping people to know that there is, a, there is another avenue uh, that, that you don't have to consider yourself to be what somebody has labeled you to be. Uh, it just really is. That, that is just really the, the case. And it's so crazy because those that, that, that talk would be up on YouTube right now, but it turns out that because of, uh, you know, th- there are guidelines with, with Ted, uh, the company. So in my speech, I'm talking about how I actually was cured, and I actually used the words, cured of schizophrenia and depression. And scientifically, we don't even know if that's, you know, yeah, we don't even know if there is a cure. So me speaking mm-hmm. that on the TED stage, obviously representing TED, the company, they actually can't put it. It, it was a brilliant talk. Like after, after the talk, all the psychology, uh, the whole psychology department, they just like, um, they, they, they actually blew me away because they just kept saying, my mind is blown. My mind is like, we couldn't even finish a whole mm-hmm. like conversation without them just stepping in and say, I'm still blown away. I'm just blown away. I'm just blown away. I'm just blown away. And so <laughs> I was, I was, I was excited for the YouTube to come out. But when I heard, when I found that out, I said, Oh, okay. But the, but they actually sent me the video. I have the whole entire video and they said, Hey, we'll just come back next year. And so what I'm going to do is just tweak my speech a little bit, remove those words that say I was cured of it. And the talk is still mm-hmm. going to be intact. Uh, it's still going to be brilliant for people to see. I'm just going to remove some of those little words, and 2020 is going to be great when 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 it actually does come out on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. He really likes the expression the the British folks have now is "Well done, you." And he really, really likes that, so yep. he keeps using it on people, and I keep wanting to slug him over. <laughs> you want to slug me for a lot of things, Jermaine, and I, I, I'm not entirely sure it's all justified. <laughs> so um, really quick, before we get to the the very end, could you talk a little bit about your social media and where people can find you to have these conversations with you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter uh, and, and and LinkedIn. Uh, I, I used to have a Facebook, but no longer. Uh, so Twitter is going to be Jermaine underscore Tolbert. Uh, and then on uh, Twitter, it's J underscore underscore Tolbert. 
and then uh, LinkedIn, and you just you know search Jermaine Tolbert. And as as well, I actually have the book right now. It'll be out probably in a couple months, uh, worldwide distribution. But right now, uh, I'm giving the opportunity for anyone to donate. What I'm trying to do is grab all the funds, or or to to, to garner funds rather, so that I could properly, you know. Uh, uh, market the book in an effective way where it can reach a broader amount of people. And so on on, on GoFundMe, www.gofundme.com slash genius of a schizophrenic, you can go and donate a penny or a dollar. It really doesn't matter. Any amount pushes the needle forward. And basically upon your donation, I'll send the immediate uh, copyrighted original manuscript in your email so you can get started reading. And I'm actually going to send you a physical copy of the pre-order book. And this is, like I said, it's not even on market yet, but in a couple months it will be. Um, so just giving people opportunity to, to, to pay what they will, what they want, and they, they get the book and the, the original copyrighted manuscript. Well, that's, that's cool. a really good idea. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great idea. Um, and we wish you success on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So, cool. All right. Um, well, that about wraps it up for, for today. It does uh, wrap it up. Fast. It does wrap it up. <laughs> we wrapped it up. Well, Jermaine, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a really great conversation. And uh, stay with us for a minute. We are going to see you guys next week. Uh, don't forget to keep talking mental health. And nice. I guess Very that's nice. it. That was nice how you did that. <laughs> uh, we're going to end the show today with the song coat of armor by david hernandez and uh like we said jermaine you stay on the line everybody else have a wonderful weekend and uh that's it that's it have a great day
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hey. 
Hello world, and welcome to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio. My name is Kyle Thomas. I'm a pop culture astrologer. We have a dazzling show planned for you today with cosmic starlight that we can harness inside of our lives and endeavors and relationships, as well as fun, interesting, and scandalous Hollywood news. We have a celebrity guest here today who is a great friend of mine whom I love and have had the honor of knowing for several years, and I can't wait to dive into her stars as well. Hello everyone, Sam Davidson here, entertainment news journalist, pop culture junkie, obsessed with everything celebrity. I'm basically an encyclopedia, and I am super excited to introduce you to our special guest, Sari DeYoung. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm so good. How are you doing? I'm super excited to meet you because you've been in a lot of stuff that I really, really love. Oh my gosh, what? Uh, I'm a big Huge, huge fan of Freeform. So Good Trouble is like my new favorite show. Freeform's the best. I love Freeform. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. You are an actress and director, of course, based in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And you like are in front and behind of the camera. That is correct. Very cool. You are currently a recurring role in Freeform's Good Trouble, like we just talked about. And the show on CBS, I see it all the time. Is it SWAT or do they say S-W-A-T? No, they call it SWAT. Okay, SWAT. SWAT <laughs> fly. Yes. So that's also like a really huge show, which I'm sure has been a really cool experience. It has. That one, I've gotten a lot of people from my hometown. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I get a lot of like friends, like friend parents, like people reach out to me and tell me that they saw me. I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's yes. like middle of America gold right there. It kind of is like, it's this sort of like fun, like guns, like, you know, good stuff. We love it. And then you also are going to be appearing in Hulu's um, Into the Dark, which I've seen. It's really cool. They do this essentially kind of movie every month. It's like a mini movie. Yeah. So first of all, I'm just going to say I don't understand TV anymore. The the way that the episodic landscape has been shifting consistently over the last few years is just wild to me. So yeah, Hulu is partnered with Blumhouse to Mm -hmm. do the series Into the Dark, which is an anthology series. And each episode is released once a month. So it's different than like an anthology like Black Mirror where they just all, like a whole season will drop at once. They'll drop an episode per month. And what's crazy is so for this episode, I haven't followed like the news along with Into the Dark as it's been progressing. But for the episode that I'm in, which is called Culture Shock, they're actually doing like a full-blown like premiere for it. That's so, so cool. Yeah. It's so awesome. And I had no idea when I was just like signing on to just like do this episode. I'm like, oh, it's not really an episode. It's actually like a feature. It's a feature film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just part of a serialized yeah. bunch of features. I've seen a couple of so them cool. and they're crazy. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I need to watch them because I've seen some of the actors that are attached. Yeah. Like, they're really good. Yeah. So make sure that you guys check it out. That one's coming out in July. Yours is? Yes. It's cool. 4th of July. Ooh, oh, that's going to be scary. <laughs> I love it. It's going to be really cool. I'm really amped on it. You've also directed films that have been screened at festivals domestically and abroad. You won Best Screenplay per your, for your film In Touch and Best Short, an Audience Award for Still Life, which received distribution with Shorts TV. So you have a lot going on, and I'm so happy for you. She seems so sweet. Kyle speaks nothing but the best things of you, and so, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's just like, you were one of the first people I met when I moved to Los Angeles, and you Oh my God, that's so right! You were, like, here for a week! It was, it was, I know, and we were, like, we were, like, driving on those bikes around (laughs) downtown. 
Yes, 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 yes. And it was just, it was so cool because, you know, obviously, you know, when you're building your tribe in Los Angeles, you know, you always, you know, keep tabs with people. And there's certain people that I feel like I have, I'm, I'm so excited to see progress and grow. And, and your career has been, you know, so explosive and you're so brilliantly talented and beautiful and Stop, I'm gonna cry. No, I just I okay. love you, you know, like we 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 talked about like collaborating someday, <laughs> like making something happen, but like for real, like it's just so cool because, you know, even analyzing your chart and, and seeing what's coming and where you've been and, and the growth that you've been doing, you know, like you are on such an upward, you know, traje- trajectory through the stars, you know, because of of all the things that you're doing. And then also, like, I just love that you have your hands in such, you know, incredible roles as, as a director, you know, mm-hmm. as, as a content creator, and then also as a star. So it's just so exciting to be legitimately your friend and a fan. So I just love you. <laughs> I love you too. And also, I feel like you might have predicted a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Because I know I've had you, I've, like, recruited you to do tarot readings for me <laughs> for, like, New Year's or, like, my birthday. And I think you've, like, said all this stuff, like, all these big things are going to happen for you, and I'd be like, <laughs> I hope so, and now, and now here I am, I'm like the busiest I've ever been. Yeah. Totally, and it's, yeah. it's going to continue. And we are going to figure out why and yeah. how when we do your reading later on in the episode, but before we get to all that good stuff, Kyle, tell us about our weekly forecast. So this week is really lovely. You know, I'm liking June a lot. We have some really fantastic, you know, planetary energy that we can harness in our lives. Mercury, the planet of communication, business, connection, the mind, writing, communication, like I said, speaking, all of that, is now in Cancer. And so with that happening over the next couple of weeks, it's joining Mars, the planet of force and aggression and energy. And so there's a lot of this energy happening in Cancer. So we have a desire for, you know, really spending uh, our time and our our, our ability connecting with people in a way that is going to be uh, very, very qualitative to us. We want to make sure that it is going to be deeper. Uh, It's going to help us actually connect with our emotions even more as well. And so balancing the mind and the heart and how we are, you know, reaching our objectives through positive communication and, and understanding how we can communicate as authentically as possible. You know, I think that's really important, you know, in, especially in art, you know, really being able to get to the, how we feel, and in relationships, I know that we were talking about relationships before, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, like, how would you utilize that energy, Sari? As far as relationships go, I certainly, you know, I've been doing a lot of work personally because I think I'm so, right, so I'm an Aries, I'm ruled by Mars, Mm -hmm. and I personally can be a very, like, proactive, aggressive, like assertive, that's just kind of my my mm-hmm. go-to thing. I've been doing a lot of work personally to try to like harness my more feminine energies so that I'm bringing both of those things to the table whenever mm-hmm. I'm communicating, whether that's, you know, in a love relationship or a friend relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's the way that's been manifesting for me. And I know that you've said before, Kyle, June is going to be, like, a very good month. Yeah, July is going to be a shit show. I, that's okay. So <laughs> I have this issue, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, and I've talked about with my therapist. It's like when things are good, and you've been talking for so long how June is going to be so good, it scares the crap out of me because mm-hmm. all I can think about is July. And when the, like, goodness is going to be over, because when people are miserable, they're like, don't worry, this won't last forever. But then when things are going really well, 
that also doesn't last forever. So it's just something I really struggle with because I'm excited about June, but I'm also scared when it goes away. Well, one thing that I feel like if we change our perspective on good versus bad, that may help us actually find a, a more productive way of, of harnessing the, the frequencies and, and the relationships and things that are happening to us. So, you know, rather than seeing it as bad or dark or evil, it's challenging and it's actually helping you evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things, it's, it's, it's the same thing with, you know, the more a pressure, the more pressure that you put to uh, a stone, it can become uh, a diamond, you know, that kind of metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. you know, whatever that, I, mean, I don't know the exact <laughs> metaphor, but, but that, I think that's important to think about because, you know, I actually, I was thinking yesterday about how, you know, these different relationships that I've gone through in the past that have not been, you know, they, they've been negative or they've been painful to me. And now, you know, I, I'm super excited because, like, I, I'm opening to better relationships that are more fulfilling. And, you know, I'm not being in toxic situations where people are taking advantage of me or, you know, disrespecting me or not hearing my, my heart, you know, and, and, you know, we, we've all been in relationships where people have just been toxic, but now that you've been through that, you know, we can hopefully find something that is more uh, productive and healthy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, on a personal note, like, going through different, like, tougher toxic relationships mm -hmm. has really taught me just to be cool with being by myself also. Because oh, totally. That's also such a huge thing where it's just like, well, if I'm not going to take that time to really, like, be strong mm -hmm. and flourish and be happy mm -hmm. on my own, then I'm just kind of doomed to repeat every single pattern that's been manifesting for the last who knows how long. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Anything else that we should look out yeah, for? Yeah, so I'll, I'll run through some of this stuff here. So Venus is going into Gemini on the 8th. So Venus is our, you know, how we experience romance and pleasure and connection. And so with it being in uh, Gemini, variety is going to be very exciting to us. We're going to feel, be feeling more social, communicative. We are interested in connecting with people. However, because Gemini is an air sign, they can be a little bit detached emotionally, you know, just really kind of focusing on you know, the, the uh, stimulation that we're getting from different people rather than deeping, deeply diving into all of these important connections. So, you know, we also... Pride Month this year, you know, it's it, the summer is launching. We have a lot of festivities that are going. So that's why, you know, I think this is actually a blessed energy for us to connect with other people and allow that energy to really enhance our lives. The last thing I'll mention is that on the 10th, we have a very specific uh, dance in the sky between the sun and Jupiter, and they're directly opposed to each other. So this actual transit brings opportunities for success, good fortune, and increased happiness. So during, around this time, everything is going to start to feel like it's falling into place without too much effort. So you may actually be feeling luckier at this point in time. Take some chances around this, this, you know, these couple days because good fortune will be here. However, if things go so extremely well, don't let it go to your head. You know, don't be extremely boastful because it actually could, you know, lead you to something embarrassing if you're overlooking the details and just looking at how fabulous you think you feel. You said that was June 10th, 10th and then also the 8th. Yeah, so it's going to be like, well, so the 8th, with Venus going into Gemini, that's going to last for a couple of weeks. With mm. Mercury going into, or it's now in Cancer, it, that's going to last for a couple of weeks. But this specific energy with the Sun and Jupiter, I'm really going to be starting to feel it for everybody around like 8th, 9th, definitely the 10th, and it'll start to trickle off around the 11th. That's so cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very excited. 
still a little bit scared for July, but you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do my best to enjoy it. Next, we are going to be talking about our pop culture stories of the week. We have some really good ones, so stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. And we are going to be diving into some really interesting, fun stories that have happened in Hollywood recently. The first one I'm going to talk about, um, this is just a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me. I don't, do you ever watch The Bachelor? Oh, no, yes, I do. Oh, yes. I <laughs> said the right words can be, honey. <laughs> okay. So, our first story is Ari Lyondike Jr., who was a season 22 Bachelor, I believe, and Lauren Burnham, his wife who was the runner-up for his season. They just had their baby. Oh, yes. well, congratulations to them. So uh, they're actually super interesting, and I read Kyle's notes on this, and so I'm just going to break it down for all of those listening that don't watch The Bachelor. Here is what happened, because it was the most dramatic ending of all time. It was such drama. Oh, my gosh. So basically what happened is Ari was a bit of an older bachelor. He was on The Bachelorette years ago, and then they just randomly brought him back. They're like, who's this guy with gray hair? Like, why Why should we care? And he had his season, and he ended up picking a girl named Becca Kufrin, and she was just really chill. All of his girls were really young. It was kind of weird. He was late 30s, um, maybe 40, actually. I think he might be 40 now. Girls were very young. He picked Becca, and they seemed to be very happy. But then, um, so after the season ends, they do something called After the Final Rose, where people, the winners get together, and also the runner-up like gets to confront the person. So he took this opportunity um, to film him dumping Becca because he was still in love with the runner-up, Lauren. And Remember they presented it like real-time split screen? Oh, yeah. That was wild. <laughs> and the person was like, this is the most honorable way that we could think of to present you with this like really real interaction. And it was like, oh, my God, I felt like a creep. <laughs> I just, and this girl was like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> and, like, they're supposed to have a happy couples weekend, and it just did not turn into that. And Lauren, like, wasn't, she was quiet on their season. She looked exactly like the girl whose who's bachelor season he was on. Um, just blonde, like, you know, kind she of keeps like herself. She other girls on that show. Like, yeah, it, she, exactly. Does she have a personality? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Like, she was nice, but I'm like, eh? Yeah, she I mean. She Scorpio. She probably banged really well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So Ari pulled this switcheroo. Becca ended up being the next Bachelorette. She's engaged now. She's in love. All's well that ends well. And But, like, America hated Ari and Lauren. And they're like, no, we're serious. You know, we are going to get married before any of these other couples get married. We want to have children. And they did. They got uh, announced they were pregnant in November, but they already had their wedding planned, which was in December. And America just kind of started to get on their side. But, like, he was getting death threats because people hated him so much. Um, so they've just been living this really happy life now in Arizona. And she gave birth to their daughter, Alessi. And, yeah, they're super happy. I'm happy for them. And so, Kyle, tell us a little bit about, like, their signs and who's compatible, who's not. Sure, absolutely. So, Ari is a Virgo, which is an earth sign. Lauren is a Scorpio, which is a water sign. So, naturally, their elements do work very well together. Virgo is grounded by Scorpio, whereas Scorpio, or Scorpio helps Virgo to get out of their heads and into their emotions and feelings. Uh, jumping back to Becca, she was an Aries. 
And Virgo and Aries clash because both have a very specific way of doing things. Aries can be very aggressive and direct, which can scare the more docile and practical Virgo. And in no way does that make Virgo weak. You know, they just have a very different way of going about things. Virgo will drive Aries absolutely crazy with their nitpicking and criticism, and this is just going to make Aries angry. Because they, the thing about Aries is that they, they really like uh, having everything to be their way. I mean, tell us about Aries. I mean, I'm like, no, you're correct. You know, everything you're saying. Because if someone correct. criticizes you, you're like, no, this. Excuse me. I know that's that's absolutely I'm my first re too, so. response. Like I have <laughs> to like take a deep breath and just go like they're trying to be helpful, Sari. Or if they're not, then I can say, well, I don't need to listen to them. But like my first <laughs> response is always not good. Like yeah, I don't yeah, and I have to just you know pause. Well, it's it's beautiful. one of those totally. Well, it's one of those things where it's like you know we we put so much energy and and you know focus into our ideas and into really, you know, making things happen. And, you know, obviously that is very Mars energy. It's aggressive. It's, mm -hmm. you know, very forceful. And we get shit done, mm -hmm. you know. So whether you're an Aries rising or you have an Aries sun. But also I know that, like, it has scared men that I've dated away. It is, like, you know, it takes a very specific kind of person to either, you know, partner with me because the thing is it's like not only do I need to be able to like take control sometimes, I also need someone who can be like, bitch, sit down. Right. You know what I mean? Like and if oh, yeah, I don't I'm have that, it. then I'm gonna be like, oh I'm I'm just I'm this power trip. And it's just so lame because it's not fun after a while. Right, like I want an equal sport. <laughs> exactly, I don't want exactly. To be with someone who's passive. Yes, like, exactly. That does not work for me. I am also not good at like the subtle hints. Like, if someone is trying to drop subtle hints to me, I'm like, look, either you mean what you're saying or you don't, you know? Mm -hmm. So just just tell me. Like, you ha like because I'm so direct, I need people to be direct with me. So I can't do the whole, like, yeah. well, oh, I was just casually hinting totally. forever, and you didn't notice. I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to tell me. It's I love because, like, working with Sam is... You know, we'll you know we'll be you know on our mission of like crushing work or you know astro kiki or like going out and you know trying to rule West Hollywood for like five hours, whatever. <laughs> and, but like I'll be like all like Ugh, fiery and feisty, and she'll be like Kyle, sit the fuck down. <laughs> and I'll be like, what do you mean? And she's like, shut up. And then she'll just like take over, and I'll be like, okay, okay. <laughs> I know. I've, <laughs> yes, I've started telling you to shut up a lot lately, and I mean it in like the sweetest. I know. Because you gave me permission. Because I, I don't. Know. I don't like doing that, <laughs> even though I want to do it all the time. I was so, say you seem like a really sweet person. It's kind of hard for me to imagine you just like telling you to shut up. Yeah, but <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, he told me. He gave me permission, so I was like, great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, now I can tell him that. But that's, I respect it, though, yeah. you know, because it's like I know that, you know, as a friend, as a business partner, as a collaborator, you know, we're still working. We're on the same team. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah it's not like a power struggle. Exactly. That's the thing that you don't want. Like, that's the tricky thing mm -hmm. is, like, well, you want someone who's also assertive and direct, but not in, like, a, and now we're trying to see who's the most dominant, like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I wish we could have just filmed your like face with that. That was just adorable. I love it. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense though as far as Becca and Ari were concerned. Like it just what and even the way he broke up with her, it she was just she was so taken by surprise. Like WTF are you serious right mm -hmm. now, dude? Like mm -hmm. this isn't how you communicate. This isn't how you do things. Mm -hmm. But it actually surprises me that Lauren is a Scorpio. Well, interesting, like, actually diving into even further of this. Okay, so he, being a Virgo, 
both the, t- the women that he chose here are ruled by Mars. So he likes women who are actually going to be fiery, intense, passionate, and likely to take charge in certain ways. So, you know, Aries and Scorpio both have that. And both that's what Becca and Lauren are. So then also looking at the specific transits, though, in March 2018, when Ari and Lauren announced their relationship and he proposed on the show, Jupiter, the planet of miracles and opportunity, was in Scorpio. So when this was happening, it was showing that this was a beginning chapter of Lauren's life for 12 years, because when Jupiter's in our sign, it literally is the beginning of this next 12-year cycle. So major things always occur, engagements, pregnancies, marriages, people are already, like launching their career. Whatever they want to direct that Jupiter luck energy to, it, it creates this faded beginning. So that, you know, that was just a really lovely, lovely thing that ultimately was working in their favor now. The, and then jumping ahead to their child, though, Alessi, she's a Gemini. So important, some important things to know about this child before we move on to the next story is that she is an, uh, where is it? So uh, this child, yeah, she's likely to be an Aries moon with a, being a Gemini. So she's going to be very active, flexible, curious, and, you know, very wanting to, like, dominate her life with this kind of energy, you know, all together with this fiery moon. And then she's going to be pulled to new experiences and communication. And ultimately, I do think that she's going to be closer with her father because they're both ruled by Mercury. And that's, uh, so they're going to have an intellectual approach to things. So, Oh, yeah, I just wanted to, like, jump onto all of that. So I, I had those notes for it. So, But, I mean, what do you guys think of that? You know, like... I think, you know, just because people didn't want to watch their loves like it might have not made the best tv but at the end of the day i do think that they probably seem like a better pair and i'm happy for them even well, though and, and i was with, angry with jupiter being in that place for them that's showing that it, there's a long-term trend that's happening well that. also how many i don't have the stats in front of me but of bachelors that actually then go through with i have the marriage. stats Let's hear it. What, okay. Like, how many bachelors have actually gone through, or like, percentage so, with marriage? There's only been three, and two out of the three ended up going with their runner-up and getting married. And then only one bachelor has ever married the woman that he chose, which is Sean Lowe. Um, Not a great track record. No, the... I'll tune in every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bachelorettes have a much better um, track record. Like, yeah. it's um, it's more than half, I think. So, you know, as we get in later in the Bachelorette season, we're definitely going to be doing some Bachelorette segments to predict, like, who Hannah's going to pick. But that'll be in a few weeks. Our next story, something a little bit less happy. Uh, Kit Harington from Game of Thrones. Everyone's been obsessed with him for years and years. So it has just been released that he has been in a treatment facility, in a rehab. He's actually been there for about a month now, but the news is just coming out. And it is in Connecticut, you know, it sounds very fancy. It's called like Privé Swiss. And he's going through like mindful meditation, cognitive behavioral therapy. Apparently the end of Game of Thrones hit him really, really hard. And I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I know what happened. I don't want to give away any spoiler, but like I think when he was at the table read for the last episode, he literally had a meltdown and was like, this is what you're doing to my character like this is what's happening and you know I obviously though he did have some kind of history with substance abuse before then um his wife he met on the show and Rose Leslie they're a very sweet couple she's been by his side throughout this whole thing people have seen him out and around about in town in Connecticut 
so I'm sure he's going to be okay, but it kind of came as shocking news because everyone has been so into Game of Thrones the past couple of months with it ending, and there were so many positive things going around it, and then to find this out is kind of sad that he was really struggling behind the scenes. Well, jumping into their charts and, and just kind of what's been going on, so Kit is a Capricorn with a Scorpio moon, Rose is an Aquarius with a Cancer moon, so they have the same elemental moon sign, which is water, so it shows that they can easily connect, relate, and flow together. They're both extremely emotional people and require a lot of emotional support and likely can be very needy to their partner because of that. So, you know, it's actually good that they have that compatibility because it's, it's allowing them to complete that. You know, however, you know, on a, a broader scheme of things, you know, <laughs> Kit has been under immense global pressure and stress due to the insatiable hunger for this series. I mean, Sarah, what would you do if you were literally the entire world was watching your character, like, how would that go to your head? How would that change everything about you? Because, like, oh, literally, yeah, like... Oh, his entire identity. I mean, he, like, you would be literally one of the most famous people in the world for one moment in time, and you're never going to be able to be that. I know. Well, Is that insane? Think it's, like, mm-hmm. not even just one moment. I mean, it's, like, been almost a Ten years. Yeah. But building so, up to now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I, that's got to be huge and tough and, like, a huge hard thing to process and then if you mix in like a little bit of like oh you know heavy drinking or whatever Mm -hmm. like that's gotta be really tough the one thing I will say about this whole story is that like yeah there's a perspective just like oh how sad he's going to rehab I'm like no he's going to rehab that's fantastic yeah absolutely he's getting help you know that's it's like people are looking at that element and going like oh no and it's just like no the oh no actually guys was like a couple months ago like the fact that he's at the point where he's going what i'm saying is we don't know the full story we don't know how messy or not messy it was behind the scenes for them you know but the fact that he's like going okay whatever i'm doing right now is not working for me anymore i'm going to i'm going to seek help and i'm going Mm -hmm. to do what i can to get healthy i mean that's more people should be doing that. You 100%. Know? I think it's phenomenal. Well, it, so also, you know, looking at the specifics of his chart right now, so Jupiter, as I was talking about before, it, it takes 12 years to go around, around the cycle, to, so it visits different areas of our lives. Right now, it's in his 12th house, and that rules healing and privacy. There this is going to continue until December, exactly. So literally, with it being a retrograde, because it's going backwards right now, it means that he's spending a lot of time on his inner growth of how he can truly, you know, become more of a private person, have his inner needs met, and really heal any of that trauma and, and pain that he's been going through. It makes sense because he's going to have to go, whether he wants to or not, he's going through a public transformation because yes. he's mm-hmm. no longer Jon Snow. He's going to have to publicly redefine. So I think exactly. it's, it's really cool that he's also taking this moment to like go, okay, I'm gonna do, I need to privately redefine before stepping into this next phase. Well, the thing that I love that you're even just saying right now is literally by you pulling that out and discussing it, you are so in tune with the patterns of life and, and the public and everything because that's literally what's going to happen to his stars because Jupiter goes into his first house in December. So he is right now transforming like a phoenix and he's going to fully redefine himself. Next Rise year. from the ashes. Yeah. yeah. And who knows that he's like already attached to that we don't even know about. Oh, I'm know? sure. Yeah. So like he could have some huge thing that he's going to start filming soon. Yeah. Oh, totally. And that might be too much for him. That might actually be mm-hmm. terrifying him right now that he has that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited just because I have a feeling that he definitely yeah. will like be back in a big way, but I'm very happy that he's he finding he's some so help. He's so talented. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I had like a dream about him the other night. And Did I, you? I I love it. I love it. I love naughty dreams. Right. I really do. Um, I I had my first sex dream.
stream in like quite a while. I've actually been talking about this one person that's just very bizarre. Oh, Kyle. I know. I mean, it's like <laughs> I haven't had sex with him in years. Uh, well, I wish I could say the same. Um, <laughs> so He's so cute, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. It, have fun, you know? I you mean, can I do whatever him. you want in your dreams. We're gonna so continue. just get at it. No, it's going to be in real life, I promise. Okay, so our <laughs> next story is about Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian. So we all really know the saga between them a few years ago. Like, they were married, they were in love, and she took him back a couple of times, I think. He was a drug addict, alcoholic, was sleeping with prostitutes on the regular. Um, and it was, you know, very mortifying yeah. for her. And he almost died um, of an overdose at one point. She took him back. He got back on his feet. Then he fell off again. And then, you know, she went on to pick another D-bag uh, that, like, another, just stay away from the athletes, girl. Just just do it. Um, so we haven't heard this story a lot recently, but now Lamar just came out with a book, just spilling the tea about everything and he was on Jenny McCarthy's Sirius XM show called the Jenny McCarthy show and basically he said that Chloe was still the love of his life and he wakes up every morning hoping that like he'll one day get her back and that Tristan Thompson who's her baby daddy that cheated on her um that Chloe deserves better and I kind of was just reading this whole thing I'm like dude she you're right she does and that's why you should, if you love her, you should stay away from her. And so the Kardashian camp hasn't made an official statement yet, but he basically was just like putting his like ball back in the game. And I think that Chloe, you know, needs to move on with somebody that doesn't have these issues. And I mean, it, it does go back to like who she, she is. is. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I honestly think she's holding out hope still for Tristan Thompson. Um, which is just sick. Like she just must be okay. Wait, that's with her baby daddy. Sorry, I'm asking so many questions. No, I don't really keep up with the Kardashians. Kardashians. <laughs> so yeah, there great was fun there. That's great. Oh, there was, was coming out of my mouth. I was like, hey, here it goes. <laughs> so that's good though. For those that don't know, um, she. But she has a baby daddy. Yeah. So days. Not, not anymore. Days before she gave birth, they were you know they were together and literally videos surfaced of him hooking up with a girl um and then she went into the labor no yeah it when like this yeah it was sometime years ago like sometime really? last it was like a year ago yeah that's trash and um so, so then awful. she took him back and then a few months ago he was caught cheating with kylie her sister with her best friend jordan woods oh wait a minute okay now yeah. that whole thing is starting to make sense to me. Yeah. So I remember everyone just dragging Jordan Woods, and I'm like, oh, I don't think I don't know why this is happening. Now yeah. I know. Thank you for informing me. Yes. So, Kyle, let's get into kind of like Lamar, Chloe, <sighs> Tristan. Like, what is this? That heavy sigh. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> so this is some water sign drama right here. So all of the water signs are involved in this little love story, and it just illustrates the intense chemistry between the signs. So Chloe is a Cancer with a Gemini moon. Lamar is a Scorpio with a Gemini moon, and Tristan is a Pisces with Aquarius moon. So there's all of this intense energy that's water-based because that's their sun sign, but then they all have an air sign, moon sign. So it's showing that they can be very in touch with their sensitivity and emotionally connect and, and understand their deeply 
uh, intense resources of feelings, but then they also intellectualize them in their relationships. So they can be analytical, but also witty and fast and perceptive when they're, when they're communicating. So it's that same similar kind of flow that allows them to be like, oh, I get this person. That's why I like them. Because they have that balance of that well, water and air. And they have to intellectualize everything that they go through emotionally because it's broadcasted to oh my God. everyone. I mean, I couldn't imagine having to be that... I guess calculated with like the moves that you make in your relationship where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, am I going to be seen with you publicly now? Like, mm-hmm. are we going to, like, that's got to be so I can't even imagine. hard to navigate. And like, as tough as that's been for all of them, this entire scenario, these people have to have really thick skin. Well, I mean, right? it's also, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a macrocosm of what we all do on our social media every day. You know what I mean? Because it's like we, we all brand our relationship or we are showing who we're connected to or any of those kinds of things. And obviously, you know, at a very, and it's so funny because my friends uh, were, were breaking down someone's social media from my past. And they were like, dude, he is just putting that shit on display because no, they're really not happy. They're really not actually, I don't say I'm going to like claw my face off for nothing. I know. I'm this, literally but, like, <laughs> you what? Kyle? <laughs> So, you like, did a deep dive or you didn't <laughs> dive in? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, stop. But, <laughs> no, but, but I totally get it. Like, yeah, I have friends you know. like, really just flaunt a relationship yeah. that's like brand, brand new, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's weird. I find it super strange. Like, it's one thing if, like, mm-hmm. you post a photo with your partner because, like, that's your because person. Because you're, you're in love, and, and you're really. you're doing stuff together, and it's, like, part of your life, and it's, like, it's just normal. But, like, mm-hmm. I, it's funny because it's so nuanced, and mm-hmm. you can always, like, Hell. But it's also so funny because then the people that don't post anything, mm-hmm. it's also super shady because they're, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. Like, I just yeah. feel like it, it, it's, okay, I, we need to change the subject because I'm going to get crazy. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by social media. <laughs> I know, and, and right? It's changed the way that we act yeah. and behave but and interact. But then the like, macrocosm of, of these celebrities that are doing it is exactly what you're talking about. Like, that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Chloe just want somebody by her side, like, for these carpets, for these events, and... Who doesn't? I mean... <laughs> I, know. I get it. it I can't, this fabulous lifestyle that we are all living now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember if Chris um, Jenner... Once she took Tristan Thompson back, I feel like Chris Jenner made him sign something that basically said if you get caught cheating, it was like he owed them money every time or something, or... It was something like that. Like, these women know what their men are going to do. And it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the day, it's Chloe was just like, listen, do what you want, but stop being an effing idiot about it. Wait, are you saying they figured out a way to monetize <laughs> cheating? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I these haven't. People. I know. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, teach me a way. I'm like, wow. Right, yeah. Right. It's crazy. Can't but it's on that game. <laughs> It's not working, um, and at this, and I honestly think he's just like, dude, I don't care, you know, like, I don't even really want to be a part of this whole thing mm-hmm. anymore, and yeah, and Lamar, I think, probably knows that, and he's like, I still love her, I'll take her back, I'm well, gonna write a book about it. Yeah. Well, the one thing that actually I want to just, the last thing I want to say about them is that Chloe and Lamar have the same moon sign of Gemini, so it means that they're very, they easily can understand and emotionally connect with each other, almost intuitively, you know, even it be, even though they are an air sign, it allows them to communicate in a way that's like, okay, all right, I get you. I get you, boo. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to really make you feel safe and secure with someone. And that's why, you know, even though she's cut him out, you know, I'm assuming 
he's still like, baby, please. Plus, you got lots of money. Yeah. baby. You know. Ugh. Next. Yeah. Thank you. Next. Yeah. Chloe, you know, you're many people's favorite Kardashian. Oh, so, like, just make us proud, please. Find a nice man. Okay. Last. We're doing our celeb WTF, and I'm super excited I thought of this one because it's something I've always been super interested. Some people might not know the players, so let me explain. David Foster and Catherine McPhee. So David Foster is one of the most um, like acclaimed musician, like music producers of all time, and he's an older man now. He's um, well into his 60s, and uh, he like he was married to um, Yolanda. Hadid, who is like Gigi and the Hadid sisters, um, their mom, and his first marriage, he had two kids, uh, Sarah and Aaron Foster, who have kind of become, they're like socialites, um, I don't even want to say influencers, like they had their own show at one point, they actually have, they're really cool girls, I actually really like them, so they've just been this big like Hollywood celebrity family, and he met Catherine McPhee, who was the runner-up for American Idol in 2006. And obviously, she's like been on Broadway now. She's had her own TV show at one point. She's wildly successful. She's super cute. Yeah, and um, they met, actually, when she was on the show, when she was 22 years old, and he was a mentor. And he was like married. She was in a relationship, and, and they just became friends. He actually sang at her wedding um, in 2008. And then next weird. thing, yeah, weird. yeah, and everyone's like, oh, harmless. I mean, he's like, how and he's much? like trying to sneak in there, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah you just imagine making this like aggressive eye contact, like at Yeah, her, he's like, over oh thirty God. years older than her, you know. Like it was, it was so whatever. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> so they obviously Bunny. kept their <laughs> professional relationship. Um, and then cut to ten years later, like two years ago. There were rumors swirling that they were dating, and both of them were divorced, and, you know, everyone thought, nah, I don't know. That's, and the thing is, like, they're both successful. I don't really think she necessarily needs him either. It doesn't seem like a gold-digging kind of thing. Um, and then they went public, and they were engaged in uh, 2018, and everyone's super supportive of it. The, his daughters are super supportive of it. It's a very sweet romance, but it's very odd. So WTF is going on here. So I agree. This is such a weird couple. I mean, I literally was looking into it, and I was like, Ugh. all right, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and I, I not, you know, I'm not trying to judge, you know, the, the you know, validity of what they have, but also, like, looking at, like, how these certain things are just aligned. So, Catherine is an airy sun with a Sagittarius rising, which is which is exactly what you are, Sari. She's me! She's, I mean, you need to find it. I really spot, am right? psychic. <laughs> like, picking these, because kind of, like, every week, the people that you pick, it's like every, they're all somehow kind That's of aligned, exactly. and I don't do it on purpose. Super weird, I know. You are. Legit. She's a celebrity in You're channeling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, so, then David is a Scorpio sun with a Pisces moon. So Aries with Scorpio, as we've kind of mentioned a lot, there is this kind of fatal attraction because of the drive of Mars, and it creates this passion, but it also Tell me creates... about it. I have so many Scorpio to, exes. Yeah, I mean... Too many. Right? Who doesn't? Right? Uh, <laughs> right? Don't we all? Right? So, but anyway, so their, um, their moon signs are also very compatible. It means that they, they can also communicate from a place of understanding, even though Catherine is probably a bit more reserved, but he likes that because it can kind of keep him on his toes because she's, you know... She's, she's aggressive, she's direct, and, you know, she also is adventurous and passionate, 
which is going to allow him, you know, if he's older, he likes that youth. But the thing with him being a Scorpio, he also likes control. Mm-hmm. So I took an actual deeper dive into their relationship because I still couldn't figure out, like, all right, you know, like, I get it from a basic level, but I'm also keep thinking money, you know, whatever. So, but she has her own. But still, there's a different level of yeah, kind sure. of money and lover, like luxury yeah. and refinement and power and influence at the end of the day. So her Mercury, which is the planet of communication, is conjunct his Pluto. So this means that they have a favorable union of their minds and they can actually speak to, to each other about things that they can't really talk about with other people. Also, her Mars is trying his Neptune, which means that they, bring, they both have this really exciting imagination fantasy that they can live through their relationship. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, interactions can be hard to define at times, but they also really help each other's outlook on life. And this adds mystery and attraction to each other. There's daddy, daddy issues, I guarantee this. So, <laughs> um, then her Mars is sextile Pluto, which means that there's immense physical passion and sexual attraction. And over time, it doesn't lessen, it gets stronger. So I know, I mean, come on guys, look at that. You know what's going on here. You know what's going on. One time. Yeah. Uh, A lot of Viagra in that household. Right. Uh, But the last, just to finish it, so looking at the transits of what's going on, uh, with them being engaged and married, we can see these eclipses hitting them in different ways. For Aries, these eclipses are hitting her career because it's blowing up. Then with her having a Sagittarius rising, and this is also similar to you, Sari, Uh is that she's in one of the luckiest years of her life because of this growing chapter. And then, however, because for David... Jupiter's in his house of possessions and belongings and worth. So he's actually taking pride in his possessiveness and ownership of her. Yeah. That's exactly how this is working. Isn't that so gross and amazing? Yeah. Uh, but hey, I mean, people, we are all weird and we all have weird things, but and, yeah, that's legit it, guys. That's legit they it. They like it. It's <laughs> fine. You know, and it's so hard to like, uh, like I get my own like little mm-hmm. like feelings of like judginess when you see these relationships with these huge age gaps. But I really have to stop and be like, well, who the f am I to to judge? Like, mm-hmm. look, their stars are clearly aligned. Legit, yeah. So, Catherine doesn't age. seem, yeah, it, she doesn't seem like a kept woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she seems... Well, she's feisty as F, yeah, you know? Yeah, she can take care of herself, so, yeah, good for them, right? Good for them, Yeah, yeah, and th- those are good things, you yeah. know, those are positive yeah. things, and, and, and I feel like in our soul direction, as long as we're satiating the things that we want in positive ways, rather than resorting to, like, negative uh, releasing of that, you know, like doing it in a discreet or evil way or harmful to yeah, other people. Yeah, you're acting out like they're doing it in a very, it's, it's in alignment with them and they're happy and in love and getting married. So like, you know, we can judge a little bit over here and be like, oh my God, but we can also be like, you know what, congratulations. But, and you know what else too, the fact that they do have this history and they've known each other forever, it's not like she just like tripped and fell and, into his lap. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they've, like she's had a long time to get to know this person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, next we are going to be diving into you, Sari, oh and learning about what's going on with you career-wise and lots of other things, which we know is really going well right now. So, Kyle? Cool. All right. So, you are an Aries sun, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. and a Sagittarius rising. So, for your entire life, for the rest of, the rest of your life, the thousands of years that you will live, uh, <laughs> you're going to read for Sagittarius and Aries. Cool. Okay. So... You know, interestingly, though, you know, a lot of astrologers, we just, you know, on a very basic level, we'll be like, okay, let's just look at those two signs. 
you know, the more in-depth we look at, we also look at the degree of everything. Mm -hmm. So you're a late-degree Sagittarius, so that's, that means that you're towards the end. So your first house of identity, which is the mask that you wear, the personality that you present to the world, contains a lot of Capricorn as well. So I don't know anything about Capricorn. I feel like I always look at Sagittarius because it's another fire sign, and mm -hmm. one of my best friends in the world is a Sagittarius, and he and I have a lot in common, just totally. in general, but I don't really know anything about Capricorn. Well, you know, you're really going to define more with the Sagittarius energy, but because of the way that like the chart aligns, we can see certain transits and things that are happening in the beginning of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I thought was really interesting is that you're having a ton of eclipses in and on your identity. So the way that the world is seeing you is changing. And that began at the beginning of this year. It's going to continue throughout the entire year. And so you're going to be seeing a lot of major shifts and changes in your life, destiny, and path. And so, for instance, even before you know us talking today, you were talking about some important things that were shifting and changing that you were made either possibly letting go. Mm -hmm. but, but had you not let those things go, you wouldn't be directing to better projects, better use of your time, better relationships, better focus of your mind, whatever that be. Yeah. You know, so that's really interesting here. The next big moment for you in this eclipse energy is July 16th. A massive culmination is going to happen that puts you front and center around then, which you're talking, isn't your, didn't you talk about the, the show? Isn't it going to be? The show's going to be on July, on July, I think it's July 4th, I think it's probably when okay. we're going to um, drop or premiere or whatever it is on the internet. Um, I mean, that's July 16th. I literally, last night, I just booked a flight. I'll be, no, I think it's like two days after that. I'm going to mm -hmm. be on a family trip, like right after that, mm -hmm. which is always so nice. I had an amazing experience last fall. It was when I, I booked a job while my mom was in town. Oh my God, I love and that. And you never like get that experience, you know, Aww. because your parents that aren't in the same state as you. So it's like, I yeah. got the call and then I got to like turn to my mom and get a big hug from my mom. And it was like such a special moment. So That's I, amazing. I like that there's like these positive things happening when mm -hmm. I have my family around me. Oh, that's so sweet. No, it's really it. special, you guys. Aww. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So with it being a, uh, a lunar eclipse, this is destiny. This is one of the things that's going to like literally change your life around this point in time. Ooh, what's she so, going to get? You know, like I said, it's, 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 it's in your first house of identity. So it's putting you front and center. It's also allowing you to be brighter and do the things that you want in your life. The next time is another eclipse on December 25th. It also falls in your first house of identity. So in the 10 days that follow after that mm -hmm. are literally recreating like the next entire chapter of your life. Well, that's so interesting because it's like right like Christmas and New Year's. Like, yeah. Which is always like huge time of self-reflection for me because there's like literally nothing going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, between mm -hmm. Christmas and New Year's, there's mm -hmm. no work to be done. Like, there's there's no nothing. Like, mm -hmm. I'm usually, like, hanging out with my family, eating way too many cookies, and, like, hopefully doing some journaling, you know? Totally. And really just trying to set... I always take that time to journal like crazy and, like, okay, what are my goals? What are my intentions? What am I letting go of? What am I trying to bring into my life? Like, all of that. Totally. Yeah. And I love it. And that's, that's great use of that. That's great, great use of that. Yeah. Then also... You said that's an eclipse that's happening there? Yeah, there's cool. two. And we, the first one we had was in, on January 5th. Okay. So that was really, really big for you. Uh, the next thing is that just from your solar chart, mm -hmm. you are going through massive career, uh, 
career explosions. You know, it, this is just, it, it keeps getting bigger. And your biggest time of career and renewal, uh, yes, your biggest time of career mm-hmm. for 12 years mm-hmm. is going to be from October 21st, 2019 until November 29th of 2020. Wait, so say, from the say those dates again so my brain can get them in there. October mm-hmm. 21st, 2019. 20, 2019, that's this year. This year. Okay. That's, pretty, that's not that far away. Uh-huh. Until November 29th, 2020. Okay, so for a little over a year, yes. it's all this so stuff. So you're going to be front and center. You're going to be really focusing on how you're renewing yourself. You're presenting yourself to the world. You're, you're really going to be, uh, literally, that is the biggest new chapter of your entire 12 years. So everything that you've been doing for 12 years is building up to this reset I was just about During to ask about, like, the 12-year thing. I'm like, are you saying for now the next 12 years? Like, okay, that year is, like, going to be, like, the biggest year for the next 12 years? Or is it more of, like, the culmination of, like, the last 12 years? The last 12. So everything that you've been learning in your relationships, it's every area of your life. It's not just career. Right. It's the self-development that you've been doing. It's your connections with family. It's, the you know, your home that you've been living in. It's every area of your life. Mm-hmm. And allowing you to then really renew and reset and, and start new beginnings in these areas. You may buy a house. You may get engaged. You may get married. You may have a child. You, you know, mm-hmm. all of these really... Right. There's like big personal things that can happen as well. Totally. Yeah. But also because of the way that your chart is aligned, it's also going to fall in your fame sector. So that is just, it's just so crazy. Like I'm so excited for you. And that's why when I was going through this, I was like, I always believed in you. And I was like, always you a really legit... Have- no, you believed like, in me when I was like, oh sure, Kyle, I don't, <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't believe in myself, and you'd be like, you're a star. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, you know. And, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just try to get, get on your level there. And now you are, you know, and it's like you really, really are, and you keep growing, and, and that's the cool thing is that, you know, looking at all of this development and growth and release that you're going through now yeah. in order to get to that point where then everything is starting again. So it's not like a clean slate in the sense of like, oh, great, I have to start over. It's I'm going to the next level of 12 years now. And I'm going to take, and that's why I'm saying is like, you're already at this level now. Mm -hmm. Imagine the 12 years that come after that. Like literally, are we talking about, are there Emmys there? Are there, you know, Oscars? What is there? You know, are you directing, you know, (laughs) uh, a massive Marvel movie? Are you directing a massive period piece? What like, and and I feel like one thing that I think would be really cool is, (laughs) you know, take these, like, what are some goals that you think that you want to accomplish in those 12, like, knowing that that's coming. So now that you have this window in time, what are some of the things that you're going to challenge yourself to that we can hold you to, literally, on this Astro Kiki that is being released on June 5th, 2019? Guys, the pressure is real. (laughs) Um, no, I just I love that you've given me this information because I mean, as I've said, I'm an avid journaler, so that's going to be a really cool thing for me to just like focus on and go, okay, like if this is coming, what can I do to be the most prepared, the most grounded, the most open, the, the luckiest? Most, yeah, ah, you know, it's funny because like I'm I'm so like the nature of this industry is that there's there's only so much that we can as an individual control and it's ourselves you know the the opportunities that come my way they they come or they don't you know and it's like i just i have to control me and my responses and my actions and so i'm just going to like really take this time to to manifest like 
the healthiest, strongest, most vulnerable person that I can possibly be. So whenever these things kind of start falling my mm-hmm. direction, I know that I won't like self-sabotage them and go mm-hmm. and do that thing where I'm just like, oh, this is so good. I'm sure it's going to end or like, Bleh. you know, like that kind of like wonky mm-hmm. energy. Like I just want to like, what do I have to do to like cleanse my energy? Like that's what I want to like really just focus on. And only you know, you know, yeah. you know? and yeah. I think that that's so, it's so cool. Cause that's, when it comes to astrology, you know, some people look at it as like, oh, it's prediction of like all these things, what's going to happen to me here? Well, yes, there are certain things that fall into our lives in these sectors but mm-hmm. if you know you have more opportunity to bring in more love well then you should use that time like right now yeah venus is in my sign so i i haven't even been like putting myself out there but like i have several options of men who are really wonderful and there's one person that i'm like really excited about and he's like literally everything i want and so i'm like yay and we're like like, and I'm, like, blushing, getting, like, excited about Calm it. Calm down, no, boy. No, because like, he's, like, awesome. Okay, I'm sorry. I Kyle like, falls in love, <laughs> though. I'm not, though. So. That's not quick. true. When's the last time? Oh, please. When's the last time? Yesterday? No. Yeah. <laughs> I have been, like, heartbroken by my ex for four years. There's, I have not liked anyone since Tommy. Um, I'm sorry. There's a certain Scorpio uh, that I'm thinking about. Oh, he's. He, you told me you were going to marry oh, him. Oh, no. I, he was manipulating me so badly. Okay, you guys. Well, anyways. We're going to talk about all that. No, but I didn't think yeah. like, I'm so quick to, like, get attached into love relationships and, yeah. like, get really excited and enmeshed and, like, see all the potential in this person, like, and think everything's just going to be beautiful and fabulous and all that. Next thing I know, I'm, like, rearranging my life and I'm bending over backwards to please another person. Mm-hmm. So I'm also in that, like phase of like I'm not actively seeking anything mm-hmm. like I'm just really really doing really doing me right yeah. now well I'm also like very I'm very uh guarded too you know it's like when I'm open I'm open mm-hmm. but when I'm not I'm like you can you can try to beat down that door as much as you want and you can just keep trying because it's not gonna yeah. happen mm-hmm. and just quickly about me because he's never gonna listen to this so it's fine <laughs> I met a guy and I went on a first date last night like yes. I am not good with relationships like I've my parents had a super messed up one like every single relationship I've ever witnessed has been bad and so my brother jumps into long-term ones and I'm kind of like no 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 and then when something good starts to happen, I jump the gun a little bit too, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with him. Girl, I really like him. Boundaries are tough. Like, I know. It's a tough thing. To yeah. Out. And yeah. I was like texting Kyle last night when I was in the bathroom, and I was like, shit, like I really like him. Oh my god, um, I need to be cool. I mean, I'm I'm freaking out. I'm so scared. He's like, why are you scared? And like last night was apparently like a very like magical night astrologically. Astrologically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm still like a little bit like freaking out and just like, cause it's, cause I get excited and then I get hurt. So, you know, just let yourself enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's so hard. I know when I screw myself over big time is when I start thinking too much about the future and I think about what could go wrong or what could go right or like Mm -hmm. we could buy this house or it could end in a tragic divorce or whatever. You know what I mean? And then I can get myself like in such state and it's such a mess. And I think it's because I have such an active imagination that it's like, totally. I can tell myself all these stories and and it's like, well, the thing about astrology though is being able to look at the the transits transits and things that are happening. Mm -hmm. It actually gives everyone that really dives into it or, you know, studies it, the ability to understand more of what is happening. Mm-hmm. So with Venus being in my sign right now, yeah. it's telling me 
that this is a really positive new beginning, that I actually could have something really fantastic with this person if it develops that way. If it was in a different place of my chart, it wouldn't be like that. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of love and attraction, we have to move on to our game, which is Bang, Mary Kill, Gemini Season. I picked our three suitors today. <laughs> so first we have Tom Holland. For those that don't know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's the new Spider-Man. Um, KJ Appa, a.k.a. Archie from Riverdale. Oh, got to look him up. I'm sure you recognize him. You should know about Riverdale. Little actress, you. You gotta know because you could no, be on I, it one I day. Know, I know. I know. He's the. Yes. Ooh. He plays Archie. Um, and then. He's real cute. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah, like mm-hmm. don't you remember? This is a funny collection. I know. Mm-hmm. It is a very funny collection. Um, yeah. who would like to? Who would like to take a stab? I feel like we always give the. Let's give the guest. Yes. The first try. Unless you don't. Unless you don't feel ready. Oh, hold on. Yeah, give me a sec. I need to, like, do a little bit more research on this, on Mr. KJ. Yeah. I feel like, uh, all right, I'll jump. I feel like I would, uh, how old is Tom? Yeah, he's a little young. I know, I I feel creepy, sorry. But you know what? He's, like, literally going to be one of the hugest, biggest movie stars. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's twenty three. He's twenty three. Oh, I have a thing know. I have a thing where I just like I can't do anybody under twenty eight. So you're gonna kill the little boy. <laughs> no, but I don't really want to bang Colin Farrell either. Who what? What? No, let me do more. Alright, I'll go. <laughs> I am going to bang the F out of Colin Farrell because <laughs> apparently I think he's very good in bed. And okay. um so yeah, bang him. I will Probably marry Tom Holland once he gets a little bit older. Um, who doesn't want Spider-Man as their man? And uh, I'm going to have to kill KJ. I just, I don't know, his character, it must be his character on the show that kind of like puts me off. And his, the fake red hair, but that's not his fault. I, I interviewed him on a red carpet about a month ago, and he just wasn't what I was expecting him to be. So Tell me about that experience. Uh, he just... <clears throat> He, like, didn't really want to be there, and, yeah, you know. He was 21. He, yeah, actually. Ugh. But, like, he he does not look like he's 21. He no, literally he looks like he could be, like, 30-something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyone else? Yeah, I'll go. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to, like, absolutely copy you. I want to bang Colin Farrell mm-hmm. because, yeah, he, yeah, just, like, does this need too much of an explanation? Yeah, like, sexy just, Irish, I think he's Irish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just seems sort of, like, dark and mysterious. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen in there? We'll find out. Um, I would marry Tom Holland because, well, he's too young. But that's okay. He just seems very, like, wholesome and straightforward. And, you know, he really does carry those movies. Like, yeah. Like, he really does, like, and that's not, he's been in the spotlight since he was, I mean, how old, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that takes a lot of maturity and a lot of professionalism to be able to carry a huge section of a franchise the mm-hmm. way that totally. he has, so I'll go with that, and then I'll, I'll kill this guy because of that awful hair. <laughs> All right, quickly, <laughs> Kyle, what right, about I you? Think I, yeah, alright, so I'm gonna, I'll let you guys keep Colin Farrell, I don't want to hit that ever. <laughs> Uh, I, fancy, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, and he's like young boys just don't do it for me. But I feel like Tom is quirky and sweet and charming, so I would friend zone him now, and then I would 
date him and then marry him in maybe like 10 years. Oh, but no, I'm going to be like 30. I'll be like, oh my God, I'll be 42, you guys. No, that's not cute. Okay, no, well, I'll marry him sooner. Okay. And then um, then I'm going to do KJ, I'll, I'll bang KJ Alpha. Yeah. I'll write it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, There's some rumors about yeah, him, um, like in your side of the street. So who knows? Maybe it's a possibility. Oh. Yes. Just All right. to say. All right. That wraps it up for this week's episode of Astro Kiki. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you, Sari, for coming in. Where can everyone find me on social media? Um, just at Sari D. Young is my handle on Instagram and on Twitter. Awesome. And make sure to keep up with her and all of her projects. You guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow Astro Kiki Radio on Instagram, which is at Astro Kiki Radio. And I'm Kyle Thomas, and you can follow me on Instagram at M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. Thanks for joining us today. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only E-News of Astrology.